Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book Think on Your Feet. Keep listening to find out why the key of improvisation is preparation. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. And as it is March 2020, you've joined me and this episode or in a little series of episodes where I've chosen books written by female authors to celebrate International Women's Day, which is in March. So all of the books on the podcast in March 2020 are going to be from female authors. Last week, talked about Ish by Lynn Kazali, so you can go back and listen to that episode. I had lots of response on LinkedIn when I posted about that episode and people sharing some stories, either horror stories of their own or, uh, or about other people that they've worked with about perfectionism and overcoming perfectionism and suffering with perfectionism. So if you haven't listened to that one already, go back and give that one a listen. Now, it also seems to be a bit of a theme that some of the books from this month have been gifted to me, and I was very kindly gifted this book in kind of manuscript form, which was a slightly different way of reading it uh, by the publishers of the Think on Your Feet book, which was very kind of them. Now, it is important to note that even the books that I am gifted, either by authors or publishers, doesn't change how I talk about them. The purpose of the podcast is obviously to share the three big ideas, and that doesn't change whether that is people who have given me the books, whether I have bought the books myself, or if I've been gifted them as a present, either by friends or by someone associated with the book. Equally, when I share what I like and what I don't like about the book, either on my little reviews on Instagram TV or on the podcast, again, not influenced by the source of the book because, my friends, this is all about you and all about giving you the information about the books that you haven't read to do the reading so you don't have to. There's no point me doing that if I'm going to sugarcoat things. So with all of that said, this was a book I actually hadn't heard about and an author I hadn't heard of, so it's always cool to get new author recommendations. The book, and very timely as well, because as a facilitator, one of the skill sets or one of the learning experiences I've been considering recently is improv. And it's quite um, quite a popular skill set or is quite popular development thing that other facilitators and presenters go through because it does teach you a very different skill set and skills around presenting and around thinking on your feet which of course is the name of this book. Let me share a little bit about the author and the book in case you also haven't heard of it. Jen Alenciak Brown is the founder of The Engaging Educator, a women-owned and operated company dedicating to help people find their unapologetic, authentic and best voice, communication style and self through improv-based education. Very timely and very appropriate then, given they are a women-owned and operated business that we're doing that on International Women's Day month. Since 2012, the Engaging Educator has served over 50,000 students, working with companies such as Viacom, Food Network, New York Times, Saks Fifth Avenue and CBS. Aside from her entrepreneurial endeavours, Jen has done three TEDx talks on the power of improv, including one TEDx Women on Uplifting and Elevating Women. Again, it couldn't get more perfect. A firm believer in the idea that yes and can change the world, so firm, in fact, that it's tattooed on her arm, Jen's personal mission is to empower as many women as possible to stop playing small and know their incredible supernova powers. She currently lives in Winston-Salem, North Carolina with her husband Alex, dog drumstick, amazing name for a dog, and about two dozen houseplants. And that was taken from theengagingeducator.com. Link is in the show notes. 
little bit about the book. Our professional lives are full of situations outside of our control. A job interviewer asks a question out of left field, a co-worker puts you on the spot in front of your boss, your PowerPoint presentation crashes at a critical moment. Yeah, had most of those things happen. Most people react to the unexpected with anxiety and unease. We get rattled, stumble over our words, and I'm going to leave that one in because it's just ironic that I stumbled over stumble overing words, and overthink the situation. Others, though, handle it with self-assurance and aplomb. They gain a sense of empowerment and energy when the pressure is on. Like great improv actors, they're able to think on their feet. The great thing is that improv isn't about winging it or flying by the seat of your pants. Improv at its core is about listening and responding. It's based on rules and techniques and it taps directly into your soft communication skills. By incorporating it into your prep work for professional situations, you'll learn how to retrain your brain for the unexpected and get out of your own way in those unexpected and expected professional situations. Practicing improv isn't about being funny. Instead, it's about the mental agility to spin any surprise in your favor and communicate with confidence. Again, taken from theengagingeducator.com, link is in the show notes. Also included links to one of Jen's TED Talks in the show notes and a little bit more about the improv classes that her company runs across the US. So a little bit for you there. So without further ado, the three big ideas I took from the book, Think on Your Feet by Jen Brown, are these. Number one, improvisation equals preparation. I know those words seem to be slightly contradictory of each other, but the book is incredibly clear that it's all about your prep. And it's about knowing the techniques, having practiced the techniques, knowing what's coming up, knowing your audience, knowing the potential things that could happen, so that you can think on your feet. And I think this is such a theme that I see in, in books, but also from talking to people who have been doing public speaking or just just, just a lot of work over the years. It is that the work comes or the, the magic comes in your preparation, your experience. So whether you're planning a presentation, a feedback conversation, an interview or a negotiation, it's all about your prep. It's also not about being funny, as I mentioned in the little intro earlier, and it's about the techniques to start and most importantly, to maintain a conversation that is a two-way conversation based on listening and responding to what has been listened to. There's a number of different techniques, and one of the things I enjoyed about the book was finding the different improv techniques, realizing that actually some of them I, I knew of and had used myself, but hadn't actually always or hadn't realized that they were improv techniques. So there was one called sit sit pro soul, which is the situation, the problem, and then the solution, which is something I've used a version of when teaching people or helping people with interview prep, where you talk about the situation, the problem that arose, and how you or your team were part of the solution or what the solution was. It's a great way of keeping an answer quite succinct, particularly in an interview situation where you could easily just ramble on. So I didn't know that was an improv technique, But the other thing about this that made me think of a friend of mine who is a professional chef and she often says it's professional chefs often aren't that much more skilled than really good home cooks or amateurs. The thing they generally know and are much better at is knowing what to do when something goes wrong. They know how to fix things and that's that's what often separates really good cooks or home cooks or amateurs from the professionals. And that made me think of, well, that came to my mind when I was reading this book, 
around that preparation and what can go wrong and being able to think on your feet is knowing how to fix a situation and having that experience and that practice under your belt to be able to then think on your feet. So that was big idea number one, improvisation equals preparation. Big idea number two is the need to reflect. And this wasn't a strong call out theme throughout the book. It wasn't a necessary chapter on its own. But when I was reading through the book, what I found was this constant recurring advice to stop and reflect, to ask yourself questions about your own performance. And performance sounds like it has to be from a big presentation that you did, but but it might not be. It might just be one conversation. It might just be a small feedback conversation with one of your team members, or it might be a phone call with one of your clients. But the book has some really good questions to use to ask yourself about your performance. And it reminded me that we don't do enough of this, but it's critical to getting better. We often don't stop. We just go from one thing to another, to another, to another, without finding and looking for those little nuances, those little things that we could do a little bit better, we could tweak, we could adapt, but only if we reflect and obviously to get feedback. Now, obviously by reflecting, it actually allows us to ask much more pointed feedback because we can go back to people, you know, ask the other person who was on the call or in that presentation or whatever the situation is and ask them really specific things around what you did well, what you could do better also emphasizes the importance of practice, which comes from that preparation point that I was talking about in big idea number one, on your own or with friends or with colleagues. Now you might actually not practice the exact thing, but you might practice some of the techniques or some of the improv uh, activities or warm-ups that are throughout the book, but then move that into using it in context in the situation that you're going to be going into or expect to be going into. One of the things that I liked about the book, and I've noticed this a lot more in more recent books that I've been reading or books that are more recent, is that at the end of each chapter, there's some key takeaway points some reflection questions, some some key things or activities that you can you can try and practice, which I think is a nice way of laying out a book. But that includes some of those reflection type questions, which is pretty useful. So that was big idea number two. You need to reflect. And big idea number three, improvise to collaborate. Probably my favorite part of the book was about collaboration and how you can use improv techniques for creativity and for teamwork. Now, obviously as a facilitator, this is very appealing to me and I find this thing particularly, it will jump out in books when I'm looking for ways to help teams work better together and also how to make workshops start in the right way and prime people to use their brains and their more creative thinking and connection uh, ways of working. There's this concept in improv around feeding on each other's gifts. So every time you maybe you respond to something that someone says, or when you ask a question, you're giving the other person a gift. And it's up to you if you're responding to give back on that gift or to reciprocate that gift rather than just shutting down the conversation. In the book, Jen talks about the importance of questioning and how to do questioning or use questions really effectively and using open-ended questions. She actually goes as far as saying the only questions we should be asking in a professional context are open-ended ones. I mentioned in the intro to Jen that she has yes and on her arm. This is probably one of the more well-known improv techniques and one that I've used a number of times in workshops. And it's a way of keeping a conversation going and helping teams and when I've used it it's often to help teams either think more creatively or to actually just collaborate in a better way 
So rather than saying no but, you say yes and. And we often see and hear that in our meetings or in brainstorming sessions we go to at work and someone will say, oh, we should do this. And someone goes, no, but we've tried that before. No, but the clients won't like it. No, but, no, but. And it just shuts down the conversation. And there's nowhere else to go. It's just been stopped. So using yes and will allow still for some of those challenges to sometimes come up if they need to, but it encourages the conversation to be broader and bigger and more open. It's also a great warm-up activity for pre-creative thinking in workshops and you can use different situations that you need to add to to make a story in a more creative way or use a real problem and get a couple of people to yes and workshop it. I've actually used it before with pairs in a workshop and give them different coloured post-it notes. They start with the problem or the thing at the top and then in one colour post-it note and then they each choose different colour post-it notes, so maybe a yellow and a blue and every time someone writes yes and we could do this and then someone else, the other person will pick up their other colour post-it note and say yes and this and they'll just keep adding and keep adding and keep adding. You call time and you've got these big chains of post-it notes down the walls and you, what you can see is the idea that started as a bit of a problem or a you know, one idea has evolved over time as the team or the pair have added to each other's and built on each other's suggestions. And often they'll look around and say, well, I never would have got to this stage if we just had a normal conversation about this. Because probably at some point, one of them would have shut down the other one's idea. So that was big idea number three, improvise to collaborate. Quick recap of the three big ideas. Number one, improvise equals preparation. Number two, the need or you need to reflect. And number three, improvise to collaborate. Now I've shared a couple of things that I really liked about the book all the way through this episode. Some of the improv techniques, I really enjoyed finding out about those. If I'm really honest, there's something that I found a bit of a, a bit of a bugbear as I was reading the book and wanted to, to share because it's probably relevant if you're thinking about reading this book. And actually in the intro to the book, Jen does say it's quite hard or it's, it felt quite abstract to write about improv techniques, which is a, such a practical medium and to write it and give in, written instructions of how to do it. And I think this is one of the things I noticed is that whilst I enjoyed the improv techniques, I felt that they were kind of shoehorned into scenarios and it almost went too far into some of the management techniques and whether this was a publisher's word count or page count kind of situation like you see in other books or which kind of tried to be a management book. So all of a sudden you're kind of, you're reading about an improv technique and thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. And then you go a couple of pages further on and, and it's telling you how feedback should be given in a timely way and it should be specific. And you're thinking, hang on a minute, I thought this was an Im improv book. So it kind of tries to go too far into management. And then it starts to feel like the, sh the improv stuff is kind of shoehorned in to situations. You're like, oh, I'm not sure if that really fits there. So, I, think, I felt like it was just trying to be a bit too much, is my honest thoughts on the book. It was trying to it was trying to be a bit of everything. It was trying to be a management book and it was trying to be an improv book. I probably would have rather it was a shorter book and focused on improv techniques, gave you those and then gave you examples of when to use them rather than the other way around and talking about, say, negotiations, feedback, etc. And then trying to go into how to do those and then put layering improv over that, if that makes sense. So anyway, that was my, my thoughts on the book. If anyone was thinking about reading it, probably just say go to an improv class instead. That's what I'm going to do later this year. That is probably going to be a better way of learning those techniques. 
And if you're in the US, then you can go to one of the Engaging Educators improv classes because they sound pretty cool from some of the stuff I've been looking at online about them. So there we go. That was the three big ideas and a few thoughts on the book, Think on Your Feet by Jen Brown. If you've read this book, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Contact details, as usual, are in the show notes. And by the way, if you haven't already seen, I have a new website. It's very cool. And thanks to my friend Ben, who pulled that together. I mean, not just pulled it together. He worked really hard on creating the new website, a bit new branding. So you'll see a few new things popping up if you're listening to this episode in March 2020. Look out for the new branding on the website and on the podcast. Love to know what your thoughts on that are too. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.